What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to a conversation with Joshua T. Berglund and a very familiar face. Welcome back, Raka, all the way from Israel. How are you? Wonderful. Thank you. I, uh, I want to ask you what you're grateful for today, and then I have all kinds of questions for you, but what are you grateful for today and why? I'm very grateful that I understand how important gratitude is. This is a major thing that I learned recently in life. Oh my gosh, I just learned this great thing. What's the difference? First time I've ever asked this. What's the difference between a happy life and a miserable life? Gratitude. That's it. How grateful you are. That's the whole difference. <laughs> That's a good, I've actually, in all of the broadcasts I've done, I've never heard that from a guest. And I love it. So thank you for sharing that. Listen, I we had such a great conversation about all kinds of stuff last time. And there was a lot of things that we touched on but didn't get into. And I still want to talk about all that with you, but I would be not me if I didn't ask you. How is everything in Israel? Because all of the video and pictures that I'm seeing right now is, it's heartbreaking. It's just like, it makes me sick. And I know that you all have been dealing with this kind of stuff for a long time, but this time it feels different. And maybe it's because of everything else going on in the world, but how is everything in Israel right now? Yeah, when the Sabbath ended last week, I didn't know what had happened. We went to a neighbor's house and she told us that a Molotov cocktail was thrown like a block down, but we didn't know about it. And then when the Sabbath ended, I just got on Facebook and a friend said to me, are you okay? I just want to make sure you're okay. And I'm like, what is she talking about? I had no idea because we live close to Jerusalem, but not that close that we would hear anything. So when you're observing the Sabbath, we don't use any devices. So I don't know what's happening, which is an amazing thing, but yeah. So I then I permanent Sabbath. It's really good for everybody. One day a week to turn off and be free. It's amazing. In fact, when I used to observe the Sabbath, it did not feel as different as it feels now that we're plugged in all the time. When yeah. you unplug one day a week, oh my gosh, it's like you feel like you went back in time, but in a wonderful way. It's like amazing. So anyway, that's when I learned what happened. And I, outside a synagogue in Jerusalem. Yeah. I am. Uh, is there any legitimate hope? I mean, is amongst the citizens of between of Palestine and Israel, is there any realistic hope that peace can happen? I don't see why not. Most of the Palestinians want peace. Most of the Jewish people want peace. That's what the people want. But the government clearly don't. I think that there's violence is being incited from certain places, but most people want to live in peace. Yeah, I agree with that. We're, I think in America, we're about to get a taste of what other countries have been dealing with for hundreds of years, centuries even, and I don't know, it just feels weird. I, I'm one of those people that I hate war and I want peace with, and love, and I sound like a hippie, but that's 
ultimately, the thought of being able to travel all through Africa and all through the Middle East and just being around the different cultures, the people, the sounds, the food, the smells, all of it. And to be able to do that in a peaceful way, in a productive way, and in a way that I believe that God would want us to do, that's what I want all of my heart. And uh, it's just heartbreaking for me to see this. There's so many things out there to care about, so many causes and all that, but ultimately it's humanity that I care about the most. And it just really sucks to see all this happening. But we can change it, we can change it. We, this is really a world created for us to experience with gratitude. That's it, spreading this is what helps. It's, there's nothing else that helps as much recognizing that we're spiritual beings here to enjoy this world together. We just have to keep spreading that message. I love that. I I don't know how to even segue into this because I, but I'm just, this is going to be raw and sloppy. So forgive me for this move because I don't have to know how to frame the question, but I've been on this spiritual journey. And at first it originated with giving my life to the Lord. That's how I changed my life, reading the Bible. And of course, reading the Torah as well, but also Bible itself. And little by little through my relationship with God, I started to hear and see different things. And I've started to see different things in the Bible that made me question the way that we have been taught, one, Christianity, but two, the Bible. And every time I talk to somebody from Israel that's currently living there, they they laugh about how Americans in the West view the Bible. And I have never gotten a really solid answer as to what that is and what that's about. But I, it's hard for me not to connect the dots a little bit between me discovering that the Bible is much more metaphysical than we're taught. We're told it's the Word of God, it's the literal Word of God, and that's all there is to it. But really, it's more of a metaphysical book from what I can see and what I, it keeps being revealed to me. So I don't know if that's why they laugh or not, but I want to ask you, from your perspective, in the West, in the Bible that we read, because it's different, every single country has a different Bible. Africa has a Bible with 80-something books. I mean, like, it's just different everywhere. What is, how do people, Jewish people, in Israel, view the West view on the Bible and Christianity? That's a great question. There are so many layers. And one of the things that we believe is that so much of the Bible is written in code. Now, we're talking about what you call the Old Testament. There's so much that is not explained. Things are written very vaguely and we don't know really what they mean. There's a prayer, the Shema prayer. You put something on your head and you wrap it on your arms. We don't know what these things are. So we have in Judaism an oral law that was not written down for a long time, passed down through stories, not stories only, but verbally from one generation to the next, explaining what all these things are. And we have 
Kabbalah, which is the mystical understanding of the Bible. That's on an even deeper level. There are many levels, many layers to it, and it can be understood literally as well as in many other ways. Like the Bible talks about all these wars and it talks about this person begot, that person begot, but why is that important? When you study in depth, it has a whole new meaning and you begin to understand all types of things. These wars are going on inside of you. Like these wars are about the struggle that every person encounters, the journeys that the Jewish people went on in the desert and they stopped 42 places. It talks about we also, our souls go on these journeys with 42 stops in them. What I mean is these are all to be understood metaphorically in really deep symbolic ways as well as literally. So there's, we understand it as a child and then as we get older, we understand the same things on deeper and deeper levels. So it's available to us to enrich our lives with wisdom at whatever level we're at. Is that why like I I saw something yesterday and I can't remember the term, but they the way that they described Judaism was it's like a faith that was really meant to blend with all the others. Like it was never supposed to be, this is our way. This is what Christianity is. The only way to heaven is through Jesus and blah, 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 blah. But the Judaism is really almost more of a universal religion in itself. And I don't even want to use the word religion, but it's really meant to just blend with everything. Is that correct? Is that, am I getting that wrong? We are supposed to be uniting everybody. That right. is our role. That's definitely what we're supposed to do. And we are supposed to be helping everybody, including ourselves, to understand that there's a unity, that there's a oneness to everything. That all the energy comes from one source And we are all God's children. We are all connected. That God breathed life into all of us. And we need to respect every single individual. We all are here for a mission. And our mission is to be grateful. This is the relationship that we were put here for in this garden. I love that. I want to ask you something else that may sound completely insane. Is it possible that the Bible, like the way that the Bible was written and how it really points to everything, most of the events happening in the Middle East. And is it possible that it actually happened in Africa? In Africa? Yeah. I think that there's something special about Israel and the city of Jerusalem. Sure. I think it's a spiritual vortex. And... It makes no sense. It's this tiny little area, like I told you, it's smaller than the state of New Jersey and so many wars going on over this little area. It's unbelievable. There's something significant about it. When you, I saw a world map that was flat, not a round globe. And I looked at it, it wasn't a Jewish map, but right in the middle was Jerusalem of the entire world. I go, this is incredible. How does that be? You put the whole world with all the continents and there it is in the middle of everything. There's something significant and strange going on. There's no question. That, yeah. that you said that, I know the maps that you're talking about 
Yeah. And they're on display in yeah. the nations. The, <laughs> and you look throughout history, they all use that map and you're right. Yeah. Jerusalem is right in the middle. And that is such a, there's so much about our history that we ha we don't know. And they rewrite history in front of our faces. Does it every day when they pretend that they didn't say one thing and they change it to another and they change it to another and they change it to another. And it's just like, if we're not asking ourselves how much of our history have they, have they erased from us and they've changed. It's no wonder people are so confused and don't know what the, where to turn half the time because it's very hard to know where to trust or who to trust. And it's such this, an interesting thing. Go right, ahead. it's true, but we need not worry. That's the thing. There's that voice in our head always getting us to focus, to worry about the future, to be regretful of the past instead of just experiencing gratitude for the moment. This is it. We don't have to worry. Yes, there's all these, we don't know what the real truth is about the news and all that stuff. <laughs> we don't have to worry. To the infinite oneness, to the infinite intelligence, this is a speck of dust. This is so unimportant. We don't have to spend one minute worrying about these things. Yeah, I like that. I don't, I have a tendency to not worry about anything almost to a fault. Even when I was like, had plenty of reason to worry, I was always really good at just moving forward. I didn't know if that was a sickness or what. Now it's all in the same way, but it is really hard to see other people just paralyzed by fear. And I have that opportunist side of me that looks at that and goes, this is like perfect timing. This is awesome because you can take advantage of people's fear if you want. But I don't want to do that either. I genuinely break that fear cycle that people are stuck in because yes. you're right. Half the stuff that we worry about never happens. All this talk, and I'm a big fourth industrial revolution guy. I've been preparing for years for what's going to come with technology and whether we're even on this planet or not by then. It's here now, but when we really see it unfold. But here's the thing I know. It's never going to be as bad as they really say it is, but it's also never really as good as they say it is either. Like it's always, it's just always somewhere in the middle. Like these extremes never quite happen the way it's told. And I think those extremes are there or to paralyze people with fear, but I believe that we have, God always works everything out. We always have a choice. We always have the opportunity to make the right decision. We always have the opportunity to live in gratitude. We always have that choice. Or we can just choose to say, ah, screw it, I, my life sucks, it's over. There's no hope for me. I'm gonna be in prison my whole life or whatever it may be and just give up. So we always have that option. And so I love what you said about not living in fear. That's absolutely beautiful. You're the example of it. You're the example of trusting that anything could happen, that life could completely be changed. We, my life changed when I realized that we are really, in essence, good, and that there's a good purpose to everything. Once we can trust that, it's a whole different life. I agree. And what's even interesting about that too is it's funny to me that all of the, pers the good things that have happened in my life, that the really good, amazing, wow moments, all were born out of trauma. All were born out of something tragic. Every, every time I thought, oh my God, my life is over. 
this is it, I'm, just, I'm done. And I have that thought and then I go, you know what? No, I'm not gonna give up. And then all of a sudden, I see that pile of whatever, it wasn't good, I see it turn into something beautiful. Almost Amazing. And it makes me think about putting manure in the flower garden. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So that, that has been my life. And I have to believe it's this, everyone has the same opportunity. It's like our trauma and the things that we've overcome, like that's the fuel tank for our purpose. That's our rocket booster. If we choose to use it and not yes. be abused by it. Yes. Yes, and there's so many symbols of this in nature, just like you're saying, the manure, the seed, it crumbles up, it degenerates. We think it's dying. Instead, it's being born again. That is how it goes, and it becomes, it shoots up. It's incredible. So much of life, this is the metaphor put into nature, designed to give us hope all the time and see how life goes, exactly. That is so good. Actually, I just, a thought just popped in my head, so I need to rewind with you a little bit. And I want to ask you this too, because, so I have a prayer that's in the prayer wall that somebody took for me. So this image popped in my head of thinking about all of the different faiths that are there, compacted in this small little area. In America, because of propaganda and other things, we have a lot of people that are very anti-Muslim, don't like Muslims, they think they're all terrorists, and so on. Of course, some people say that about Christians too. It's all, I think, anyway. But I wanna ask you, in your opinion, from your where you're at, where you live, what is the most misunderstood thing about Muslims? I would just say what I said before, that they all want to kill us. Oh, they, they wanna kill you guys? That's real? I mean, no, that, that's misunderstood. Oh, I was like, whoa, that's real? <laughs> Oh, okay. yeah, All right. that is what's misunderstood. They are so happy to interact with us. The economy is beautiful between us. It's they everything is flourishing in Israel. And so everybody benefits from that. And it's very few people that are into the violence. It's not the way most people are here at all. I love that. I wish more people understood this. I I don't know, no, it wasn't you that we I talked about this with, but the camera shows you what's on screen. So right now everyone's looking at the screen and they see us. And this is what the news does because this is what we want you to focus on is this small incident. But you pull the camera back, you see a whole different picture. And you, we focus on that and because of television and how it programs our mind, it makes us believe these things that just aren't true. My experience, my, the, one of the hardest things I ever had with my faith was the fact that a Muslim woman took me in and I learned more about prayer and how to pray and really about God from her than I ever did in a Christian church. And I just, like, it always ate at me how people would attack the Muslim faith. And it didn't make sense because I understand that there's extremists, but I've seen Christian extremists too. I've seen Jewish extremists. I've seen crazy things. That said, as a whole, the most kind, sincere, 
amazing, wonderful, devout people I've ever met. I'm so glad that you said that. I would have been heartbroken if you said they would kill, they would have killed you all. I would have just, that would have been heartbreaking to hear. So I'm really grateful that you shared that because I, yeah, and this is part of how we're going to have peace is shattering this image that the media has painted for us about each other's faiths and belief systems. Yes. Everybody come to Israel and see for yourselves how awesome it is here for everybody. I hope more and more people come. It is just when you see with your own eyes, it's just something to celebrate. What's the most powerful lesson you've ever learned? I, God's gratitude. I, yeah, yeah, it really is. But what when I learned that the purpose of life is to experience the greatest pleasure, that changed my life because that is not at all what I expected. After searching for years for what is the purpose to life, to be told that the greatest purpose, the purpose of life is to experience the greatest pleasure. I was flawed. And what did I explain to you about the pleasure ladder? The five rungs on the pleasure ladder? This is why I, this is why I wanted to come back because I didn't get to share the pleasure ladder. So the pleasure ladder, I'm holding up the sign. Oh. You see, there's five levels, like our hands, the fingers on our hands. In other words, we have the power in our hands to bring pleasure into our life, the greatest pleasure possible. At every moment, we have the power. So the lowest level, and these five levels, they correspond to the five levels of the human soul. This is universal. So when we enjoy the natural physical pleasures, like an orange, when we enjoy this, it elevates our bodies and our soul. When we experience them with gratitude. This orange, it keeps the juiciness in for months, right? It becomes bright and beautiful when it's ready. Before that, it's camouflaged in with the green leaves and then it becomes bright. I'm ready. This is how it goes. <laughs> yeah. Tell me and there's no God. Inside, what's inside? The seeds of eternity. They become trees. They become an infinite amount of oranges. So you compare this to an orange flavored tangy taffy. You throw away the wrapper, even that pollutes the environment. And the orange flavored tangy taffy does nothing good for us. But this is this was designed with infinite intelligence and infinite loving kindness to to bring us pleasure physically and spiritually. And that's just the lowest level. Music, dance, swimming, gardening, moving. Our bodies were designed to move. These is all natural physical pleasures. And then there's love. And how is that empowering? You think it's dependent on someone else, but it isn't. In prison, a person can, ex in solitary confinement, a person can experience love. How? How? Focusing. <laughs> yeah, focusing on the virtues of someone that once did a kindness for you. That's how you bring that warm emotional feeling into your life. A grandmother, somebody that was kind to you and showed you love. 
they don't have to be in, you don't have to be interacting with that person right now. You can bring love into your life by focusing on the virtues of another. So again, it's within our power. Next level up is meaning. Doing something meaningful is even a more lasting pleasure than these two. When we do something good and meaningful in the world. And oh, I was on a show. He says he was like um he was he ate two slices of pizza and he was just plowing through the rest of the box when someone knocks on his door. His neighbor, he helps his neighbor for two minutes. He comes back. He doesn't want the pizza anymore. He puts the rest in the fridge. He's filled up. He just helped someone. He did something meaningful. It fills you up with lasting pleasure. This is why we overeat or have other addictions. We want the pleasure to keep lasting. So this is how we find more and more lasting pleasure in life. And creativity is an even more lasting pleasure. We don't feel like eating or sleeping when we're in that creative zone. We're on such a high. Yep, yep. I and fly, I didn't go to bed last night, actually. My mind was going nuts. Amazing. I mean, with creative, creative ideas and I, yeah, it was a lot. I was upset because I really wanted to sleep, but I couldn't. My mind it's was such a high, high. Yeah, a natural high. I know, it's like awesome. And the highest is transcendence. That is what you have done with your life. You have transcended your life. You have, when you crack a bad habit, when you overcome an addiction, when you make that first break, you transcend your own limitations. There is nothing like that pleasure in the world. And it's also, what you experience under a starry, starry sky that you never forget, that you know that you're part of something so great, greater universe, and we're all connected with the same energy. It's that sense of transcending all the separation, all the boundaries. So this is the pleasure ladder. And when we recognize this is how to help us break out of addictions, whether it's eating, drugs, drinking, whatever the addiction is, gambling, it it's because we want the pleasure to keep lasting. We all want pleasure. And that's what we're here for. That's why we were created to experience pleasure. So how do you climb this? There's only one price to pay. And you know what that price is. What is that price? What do we have to pay to climb this ladder? I will die to myself. What? I had to die to myself. Yes. Is there to is transcend a different answer? But yeah, I had ultimately it was dying to myself that did it. And well, I had to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it. And it was never ending. Like, I used to joke to myself that salvation is a daily process because you're surrendering every day. And for me, and especially to overcome the addictions and the other issues that I had. It was a daily process of dying to myself. And I had to do that process. I didn't know what it was, but I essentially go through that almost every day. And I think that is, I think you're saying the same thing as me in a different word. But what's an, what is another word for, what you mean is overcoming the ego. Is that right? Is that what you yeah, mean by exactly dying? Yeah, that's exactly what that is, yes. Kill, I'm killing my ego is exactly what it is. So, the, so that is gratitude. 
That's another word to express gratitude because when we are so full of ourselves or pretend to be, then we're not grateful. It's when we have gratitude. That is what changes everything. That is the positive way of saying killing oneself. It's really not killing oneself. It's giving life to oneself because that's the real self. The real purpose for being here is to experience pleasure through gratitude. This is it. I love that. That's so good. I just think you just need to come on like all the time. I I (laughs) I really enjoy it. And you just have, you just offer so much value and you, I just adore you. I love everything that every conversation we have is great. And I'm just so grateful for you. Will you please plug your books, have your website, how people can follow you and we'll be inviting you back again too. <laughs> no, thank you. I really wanted to come back because I, I didn't get to share this last time because we had so much to talk about, but If you go to my website, you can actually download the pleasure ladder with a lot more details. So it's if you can download, we just made a free chart that everybody can download. So you could put it on your fridge, on your cupboard, wherever, to remind yourself that there's an abundance of pleasures when you're feeling lonely, when you feel estranged, when you feel cut off recognize that there's an abundance of pleasures that you can bring into your life yourself at any moment and it's through gratitude yeah awesome plug your website and books oh getsbookshop.com has all my books new books are coming out next week too and we're having a blast we're spreading this message of gratitude everywhere, really around the world. Definitely Africa too. I go to Africa. After this, I'm going to be doing a show. That's why I wanted to come on a little early. I'm doing a presentation for children, grades one through four, just reading my books, but implanting gratitude as early as possible. That's what we got to do. So we don't have to go through what you and I went through. Having addictions, we can accomplish so much more in life spreading gratitude i love it i love you thank you so much for your time god bless you and we will see you again